It's your girl, Kara, coming at you almost live from my parlor here in the city of trees. Boise, baby. Hi, Dusty. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you? I'm tired tonight. I did a lot of work today and I'm just, I'm tired. And by work, you mean like you don't have a job this summer. So you're just working outside. <laughs> that, I mean, this says the person who wasn't out in the I sun all day lifting and moving stuff. You just call it work when normally like we refer to work as like work, <laughs> not as like chores. You were doing chores. No, I wasn't. What were you doing? I was working outside getting things done, not chores. It's work. What do you consider chores then? Like taking out the trash and stuff. I would consider what you were doing like yard chores. Well, we just had what I consider to be an amazing summer weekend with our friends Chris and Christy up in Sun Valley. We did, which is my new favorite thing in all of the world, ride e-bikes. Yeah, it was pretty rad. I want to give a shout out to Chris's parents, Greg and Peggy, for letting us use their e-bikes. They are so much fun. Had you ever been on one before? No, that was my first time. It was so much fun. I want everybody to use an e-bike because you don't even have to pedal. Not if you don't want to, yeah. We I pedaled a little bit, but you guys were going so fast. I felt like I couldn't even pedal to keep up. So I just like started using the gas exclusively. The gas on an electric bike? Is that what it is? Or No, it's just like a charge. Okay, sorry. I started using the, the what would you call that? The charge. The charge, the battery. Yeah. I mean, we were pedaling. We got it up to 24.6 miles an hour was what we could get those e-bikes up to. Is that when what you were going through the cemetery? No. No, we were we were cruising casually through the cemetery. <laughs> so you were doing bike tricks through the cemetery. I don't know if that was casual. Well, that was that was to honor all those who have passed before me. Wow. That was so honoring of you. <laughs> I mean, if they would have seen those tricks, they would have been like, dang, that guy is awesome. He's a professional e-bike rider. I kind of want to get e-bikes, but I think it's just one of those things I love a lot because we, that was my first time. Yeah. And we don't, Boise, or at least where we're living is not set up for e-bikes. Like it's just, it's not an e-bike kind of place. We could e-bike to the village. We could e-bike to Lowe's. Think about all the Lowe's trips we could do on our e-bikes. Yeah. And then bring nothing back because you can't, I don't know if you had a basket maybe. Yeah. Not a lot of stuff at Lowe's you can get and put in a basket. No. So you're right. But yeah, let's go back and visit. We want to give a shout out to Chris and Christy. We've known them for a very, very long time. Yes. They're some of our oldest friends, some of my oldest friends. And it was so fun hanging out with them. So I'm glad we could totally do that. And we should do it again. Sounds good. I'm down. I was thinking that tonight we could kind of set a baseline for the U of I murders. The U of I murders. The University of Idaho. Yes. Moscow. Moscow. We're not saying Moscow. Nope, because we are in America. It is spelled the same, but we're pronouncing it completely different. Yes. We are going to talk. It's Moscow, Idaho. Yes. And there were murders there at the end of 2022. So just about six months ago, really. Um, and it's made 
you know, it was a huge news story. And I don't, I think it was a huge news story everywhere. Obviously we live in Idaho, so it was a huge news story for us. And I think it'll continue to be. But I think nationally, it's been a big story as well. Well, it was so like just kind of weird. They had no clue as to who did this. And like they had nothing. It was just wild. It took a while and everyone was freaking out that, you know, the murder was still in. Well, 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 let's back it up. Let's back it up a little bit. Okay. Let's, let's start from the very beginning. I found out about the murders. The murders happened uh, mid, mid November in 2022. And I found out about them because I was perusing Instagram and I saw that our niece, Chloe, had like posted a story. So I clicked, she doesn't post a ton, but I love to see like what she's up to. She lives up in Moscow. Mm-hmm. Her husband, Dylan, is um, just finished his sophomore year there. So she posted something and it was like a picture of U of I and like pray for U of I. And so I didn't, I was like, uh, what's going on? So immediately I tried to like search up U of I, but it didn't take long to find out. Initially what they released was like four people murdered at the U of I. Yeah. And then the next piece of, the next detail that they released was they all died from being stabbed. That was shocking. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't often hear of a multiple homicide involving stabbing. Because when you think about it, a stabbing is probably one person. But when there's four other people, you would have thought that like those four people could have overcome that one person, or at least made enough sound that you would have you know you could overpower one person with you know even two or three people. Yeah. So initially I was, I was perplexed on this murder. Like how do four people get get murdered? Then they released kind of like who it was. And one of them was a male that was murdered. And it, it made no sense to me that one person could do this. Yeah. Agreed. When they, you know, that morning they had a ton of news coverage and it just showed a picture of the house and stuff. And they, you know, would talk about the four people were murdered, stabbing, and they would say that they're, they don't have a suspect. But initially the police came forward and said that they don't believe like the community is in danger. Which is kind of weird to say because like in, unless you caught somebody there's someone out there who's desperate. I mean, they killed four people. And in that situation, that's where I was going with. Some people were like, oh, that whoever did it is still in Moscow. And then a lot of people right. were like, no, there's no way they would stay in this little town. They're down in Boise. And so a lot of parents were bringing their kids back and like down to Boise. And I had talked to a, I love saying this, a source, a person I know in law enforcement. And they were like, yeah, they're they're probably not up there. They're down in Boise. We have three people we're kind of watching right now. Turns out, none wow, of them. you skipped way ahead. Well, yeah. So sorry. When the police said that they didn't have a suspect and there was not a threat to the community, a lot of parents were upset because 
if you don't have a suspect, how can you actually say indefinitely that there's not a threat to the rest of the people? So like you said, I had people, friends from the YMCA that did bring their kids home because they were scared because it was, or they did feel threatened. Moscow is, is a really small town. Yeah. Like really small. Really small. And it's a college town. And it is really close to Pullman, Idaho, where WSU is, Washington State. But I think it's like it's still a 20-minute drive to get there. Yeah, I don't know. So, um, for it's not like a metropolis of a city where there could be, you know, hundreds of thousands. It could be one of 100,000 people. There was, there was not a lot of people up there. So, it had to be one of those people, potentially. Initially, also, because they didn't have a suspect and because this was like such a high profile murder situation, there was a lot of a lot of speculation about what was going on. First of all, um, there's a lot of speculation about the house. Like everybody knew if you lived up there about this house, this was like a known party house where these four people lived that were murdered. Now, three of them actually lived there. Well, two of them actually lived there. One of them was a boyfriend sleeping over of one of the roommates. And one of them was also a roommate who had just moved out, who came back to visit. So three girls, one guy, the guy was just sleeping over. But this was a known party house. There were tons of pictures on the news about like of pictures inside the house. A lot of people had been in there. And I think the day before, the news had said something like hundreds of people had been in the house because there was some sort of like sorority or fraternity event where everybody got dressed up and they came like there was like a pre-farty, pre not farty, pre-party there before the event. And so I can only imagine the amount of DNA if there's hundred people there. Yeah. Fingerprints, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. And the, the tons of people like speculating, I mean, leave it to TikTok and everyone else. You're, we're all investigators now. We can all post things. So there was a lot of that going on too, right? Yes. Like, and because they didn't have a suspect, a video surfaced from, oh, what is it called? Twitch? Is it called Twitch? I mean, that's a video a game, streaming service. service. Yeah. So apparently the main like food truck up in Moscow had its own Twitch account where they streamed like the foot like traffic. Like the line and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I, didn't, I thought Twitch was just for video games. I didn't realize there was a audience for this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think the sister of one of the murdered women found this Twitch stream of where they were the night before. So the night before they were, or the night they were murdered, they were murdered early in the morning, but the night they were murdered, they went to a food truck on campus that had this Twitch stream, a video. And so you can see them at the food truck ordering. You can see who they're with, who they're socializing with. And there in the video, there was a guy who kind of talked to them for a second and then they kind of backed away from them. Then there was a guy lurking in the background. I or, mean, that dude was just waiting for his tacos. I right? know, I know. And, and, and we're like, oh, that's the guy. That's the murderer. 
horror, and everybody found out who he was. Just and wants his some freaking carne asada tacos. I know, I know. That poor, 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 poor kid. Yeah. Because didn't wasn't he the one that his parents live in Boise, and they everybody said, oh, he was fleed, he was fleeing he went to, like to Africa. Africa. His parents were doctors. Obviously, it turned out. Yeah, but not he never to went him. to Africa. I think they were like, "No, yeah. he's here." We just talked, or the guy that I know was like, "Yeah, we just talked to him. Like he was just up skiing at Bogus, and we just like had a conversation." Totally not the guy. I was like, "Oh, all right, cool." Then yeah. for a while, there was a lot of conjecture about an ex-boyfriend because of the night of the murder, one of the girls made a bunch of phone calls late into the night to her ex-boyfriend. They shared a dog. He never picked up the phone. So there was a lot of conjecture that it was actually him. No physical evidence. This is all TikTok speculation gone amok. Now, at this time, had they released if all four were in the same room and there was defensive wounds and things like that, or had they not? Cause we know now kind of yeah. how it happened ish. They, they didn't release a ton of information like the state or the city or whatever, but because there were, because of the way the bodies were discovered, the bodies were discovered by kind of the roommates and the roommates had called people over because they thought something weird was going on upstairs. They called people. People came in and saw like the carnage. So there was roommates that were not murdered. Two other roommates that were sleeping through these murders. Through four people being stabbed. Yes. And slashed. Yes. Was there, was there information that they were all like so drunk that they just didn't move like they were so passed out that they had no chance or that still has yet to be released in fact um it's two women um who who were there the roommates yes and they have been you know subpoenaed by the grand jury and for depositions and they have been so it has been such a traumatic experience for them that some of their lawyers are saying like, they cannot do this. They cannot testify. You cannot subject them to cross-examination because I think the cross-examination would call into their, their character or what they should have done or what they should have known. So um, I think when it comes to the trial, and we'll talk about that a little bit, I think that we'll see if they actually get called these two other roommates who did not witness the murders, but were there in the house. One of them on the same level as one of the murders, one of them a level below. So it didn't all happen within like this room and then just next door to another room? No, it turns out like it's kind of a funky three-story house. Not like all the levels are the same like square footage, but like the main level, so level two has the most square footage. And then the top level has two bedrooms and then the bottom, bottom, like the basement level had two bedrooms. And then the middle level that had the living room and the kitchen had two bedrooms. Now the murders happened. They don't know what order. Two at the very top and then two at the middle level, which means there was also another person, uh, a surviving roommate on the middle level and a surviving roommate on the very bottom level. Okay. 
So I can't imagine that they won't have to testify, but that'll be, be very traumatic. Bad. Yeah. It'd yeah. be bad for, I mean, I guess your defense attorney, that's their job is to get you off. Um, but that defense attorney would also have to weigh in their mind, like causing bit, like major trauma uh, on these two students, you know, knowing I'm going to have to get my, my person free or whatever. And I have to do this. I'm sorry. Right. Like that yeah. would weigh on me as a defense yeah. attorney. So throughout November and most of December there, the police haven't been, weren't talking a lot. They didn't have a suspect. They hadn't arrested anybody for these murders. Is that why, like, I remember at that time, like people were getting super angry because no one knew anything. And like, yes, the families were saying, that's like, what I was just you... going to say. Okay. Cause I remember hearing that and I was like, so I, mean, I get it. I get why you'd be pissed. The families of two of the slain girls were getting very mad with the police that they weren't doing enough or they weren't being communicated enough for what the police were doing. So they started releasing to the press details that they knew. And like um, one of the girls upstairs who were murdered got the brunt of it or it was like the most egregious of the murders. So stuff like that, that really only the police know and they probably know because they had to maybe identify a body or the police had told them that in confidence. But they started talking to 60 Minutes, talking to Dateline, talking to reporters and actually actually expressing their frustration that nobody had been caught. And because this is Moscow, Idaho, they don't experience murders very often at all. I think it'd been no. like decades since they had a murder. Yeah. They, there's been a lot of scrutiny about their detectives and if they're prepared for this. Now, after a while, the FBI also helped, came in and helped as well as the Idaho state police as well. Like our, your friend. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was how we were getting the details was through these scorned family members and whether or not those were the truth, it's hard to tell because they were just giving their kind of side of the story and it wasn't through uh, a publicity person from from the from the agency. So which again, I can understand why they were upset. I can also understand the detectives and police officers because they I mean, they want to have a solid case. You don't want to pull an OJ here and like kind of mess it up and then let this guy who yeah. you know or didn't know did it and then let him off because you know a sloppy work so I understand the detectives like we're not giving anything out we want to get a legit case yeah so I see both sides so in yeah. December the police actually solicit help from the public. They say, we are looking for a white Hyundai Elantra between the years of, let's say, 2008 and 2012. That's a baller car though, right? Like everyone's rocking yeah, that Yeah, it might have surpassed the Toyota Corolla as like the <laughs> most, the most used car out there. Yeah. So they say they're looking for this car and everybody's, say, everybody's speculating it's because they have some sort of video 
um, you know, everybody has a ring doorbell these days. So maybe they have that kind of video. So they didn't, they didn't say why they need, they just said, we're looking for this car. Yeah. I kind of said, we want to question them. Not necessarily that's the suspect car, but we think they might have some information. Okay. So on TikTok, where I spend a lot of time. That's where all the there news was is. so much speculation. Like what people could dig up was crazy. They um dug up like friends of some of the murdered people or like fraternity brothers of some of the people who all had like white Elantras. And here's video of them in a white Elantra. And it was, and or like, or here's someone they worked with and their best friend of the person they worked with had a white Elantra and it was kind of following those people. And here's their criminal record and pasting it. It was pretty reckless. That's that's the crap that TikTok will do is like, oh, there's Elantra. Let's ruin this person's life. Yeah, it was Oh, you drive reckless. Elantra? You weren't even in there? I'm going to put you on blast and we're going to ruin your life as well. Like there's, it's reckless. Exactly as you say. Yeah. So they put that out and, and maybe by the time they put that out, they actually had a person of interest in mind and they just needed more details because. Oh, I'm sure they did. Just weeks after they released this, they actually announced that they had arrested a suspect. Ooh. And the suspect did drive an Elantra, a Hyundai Elantra, a different year than what they were looking for, but it's probably because like their cameras were off and their whatever and expert they had was Elantras wrong. always look the same. Yeah, they do. Like a, a Jetta was always looking like a Jetta. A Corolla still looks like the Corollas yeah. from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they arrested a man named Brian Koberger. And Brian Koberger was a graduate student at WSU in Pullman. Graduating, studying what? Studying criminal justice. Wow. And they arrested him, I think, um, during Christmas break at his parents' house in Pennsylvania. Really? He went home for Christmas with his dad. Like, his dad helped him drive his car cross-country, and the police, I guess, were following the whole way. And then they were staking out his family's house while he was there in Pennsylvania during Christmas break. And while he was in Pennsylvania, Brian Koberger, the suspect, was wearing plastic or latex gloves a lot. And he wore latex. And one night he like took the garbage out at like 2 a.m. wearing latex gloves. And he left and he, that he took out the garbage. But because I guess garbage is considered public domain, they were able to get DNA from that garbage can or that garbage that he took out. And they matched DNA at the crime scene, according to the arrest warrant, with Brian Koberger's garbage. Like his old cheeseburger wrappers or something like that. I, Yeah, something like that. Whatever was in the garbage. Um, now, wasn't... As he was driving home, didn't they stop him a few times? Yeah. And some people said, like, he was pulled over, like, normal traffic stop stuff. And some people said, oh, that's because they have to, like, keep tabs on you while you're driving cross country. But it was, he never, like, got a ticket or anything. So they just have video cams of him getting pulled over while he's driving cross country to Pennsylvania. Yeah. They, 
uh, I believe it was the person I talked to was, or someone else was saying that the officers would typically pull them over as not like, okay, you did like, you didn't use your blinker, but pull them over and just kind of check like attitude. Cause they asked him some questions like, what are you doing? And didn't he give some like really weird answers to those things? And they were like, okay, see you. And then they pulled him over again and kind of like, Hey, where are you coming from? Oh, yeah. why are you, why are you Washington? So, Oh, you live out here. Okay. I mean, he had nervous energy, but I don't know that when I was watching the video that I could tell that it was anything more nervous energy than getting pulled over nervous energy. Yeah, I get that. And because not knowing his personality, it's hard to tell, oh, this guy was like kind of weird anyways. And this is the way he acted or this is totally different. He's acting totally nervous without having a baseline of how this person acts. It's hard to know like, oh, they were totally acting shady. Yeah. But they pulled him up. Like they, they were tracking him. They knew. So they pulled him over just to check in on him. Right. Cause he yeah. didn't get a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that they were checking on. I don't think they've said, but people have speculated that. So he's in Pennsylvania. They arrest him. They arrest him. What comes out as part of the arrest warrant was we, we knew that these people had been slain by like a really big knife. Like, not like a machete. What did they say? Like Like a Rambo knife. Rambo knife. Yeah. Was part of the arrest warrant. It had said that the sheath of the knife had been left at the scene of the crime at the house. And that there was DNA on that sheath and they matched that DNA to Brian Koberger's DNA. Mm. So that seems, that seems like good enough um, evidence to arrest somebody. Yeah. So they arrested him. And, and since he'd been arrested, so he gets arrested. And now we have internet sleuths telling us everything about Brian Koberger. Why internet sleuths? Because they haven't released anything or what? I mean, who's going to release some of this stuff? Like, I think the stuff they have released is like people coming forward saying, oh yeah, this guy was totally a creeper. He would come on to me or I went on a date with him and he was like a total weirdo. Didn't they release that he had driven like his cell phone pinged in that area like multiple evenings or like five times? Yes, they said his cell phone pinged. I don't know that they released that, but yeah. Or maybe that was in the rest warrant that his cell phone pinged a lot in that area where the murders was, which wasn't anywhere close to his school or where he lived. It was, you know, 20 minutes away. Also, what came out was like when he was in high school, he used to have a heroin problem. In high school? Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. It's early to get into heroin, but you know, is there ever a good time to get into it? I mean, in my opinion, no. But yeah. Heroin so. addicts would probably disagree. Yeah. I mean, they probably wouldn't. They probably want to get off too, but. So he had turned his life around. He had. Um, <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. Kind of, I guess. I don't know. I guess it turns out maybe not. (laughs) He'd gotten off the horse and decided he wanted to study criminal justice. And so he went to WSU. WSU has a really good, they have a couple of good programs. Good communication program, good criminal justice program. 
So Brian Koberger went, got his grad or was getting his graduate degree from WSU, had been like a TA, a teacher's assistant, but also been fired from that, from being kind of, I think it sounded like he got fired because he was overcritical. He wasn't grading consistently. Students were getting weird vibes from him. Okay. So he'd just been fired. Okay. Um, what else did we know, find out about Brian Koberger? Um, his family seemed very normal. He, his sister maybe had some suspicions about him being the murderer. It sounds like during the Christmas oh, really? break, she had maybe suggested, could this have been Brian? Which, I mean. That's kind of messed up. Or very intuitive. Very intuitive. I mean, probably that. Uh, didn't we hear at one time that he was on like some message boards and asking some really weird questions or wanting people to... I don't know. I don't know that... I think that was internet sleuths saying that there were a whole bunch of Reddit boards and there's this one guy commenting, oh, this must be the killer. This must be Brian. But I don't think there's... That's internet sleuth stuff. I don't know that that's evidence that will ever come out in any trial. Well, that... I mean, those those people suck because you think like, oh, this is it. It's like, uh, it's probably not real. Yeah. Like they're just throwing stuff out there. They speak in fact and then they correct themselves yeah. after it's not true. Yeah. Which yeah. I hate. There's there's a lot of stuff said on Reddit with confidence and it's hard to know what's real and because it's so anonymous. So I don't think, but for a while okay. people were saying, oh, this had to have been Brian. He was posting this whole time when they were looking for a murderer he was posting all this stuff in these chat, but okay, I, I don't think that's legit evidence. I think he did get indicted by a grand jury, so he is charged with felony murder of these four people plus some burglary counts, and it'll be interesting. The trial is currently set for the fall. We'll see if it gets delayed. They usually do. But it'll be interesting to see what other kind of evidence they have. They've been playing it really clean, really close to the books as not to screw up the case, the prosecution. So we don't have a ton of information on what the evidence is right now other than the sheath. Um, Where is this trial going down? Boise? Are they moving it to Boise? You know, or? your mom said that it was going to be in Boise, but I haven't heard for sure. That would be the second major trial. Here in our hometown, the city of trees. Oh, Boise, actually, baby. I, think, I think your mom was saying that they were going to have it in East Idaho as like a trade for having Lori Vallow here. Yeah, but then where are they going to have Chad Daybells? Oh, I don't know when his is even scheduled yet. I wonder why. I don't know why they couldn't do the the Moscow, the that Brian Koberger's murder trial in Coeur d'Alene. That's a really big population and it's up in that part of town because everyone was impacted by it maybe so they can't get a, a jury in Coeur d'Alene that's a big town right uh, yeah I mean it's a big area I always go back to that question you asked me about jury jury of your peers like are they going to get more criminology like grad students to be his Ooh. jury because they're his peers not just like the old woman down the street yeah I don't know just bring that back a jury of your peers should be people of your exactly of your, of your peers. Peers. So like 29-year-old white guys. That are slightly awkward. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Yeah. They probably no. 
I won't even comment on that. That would be interesting. Yeah. So it'll be interesting um, because a lot of time we don't know what his defense is right now. We, when they ask like at his initial arraignment, judge asked like, how do you plea? He, he was silent. He didn't say guilty, not guilty. He no was contest. silent. And the judge said, if you're silent, I'm going to take that as like not guilty. So we have no idea right now. It's only conjecture what his defense will be. And I'm, I'm not sure I understand. Wow. Oh, Siri, stop it. How did Siri know I was talking? She knows everything. She's great. Oh. But do you know what? That's not when I needed her. No. <laughs> when did you need Siri? I don't know, but not then. That happens in my classroom too. I'll be saying something and then she'll pick up like some math lesson. Was it the Gosh. way I was moving my arm? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Some things we might not know this side of eternity. <laughs> who who killed these who people? Who killed these people? And why and did why Siri just was... ask me about that? At least it's not the Sally, the uh, Amazon Sally. Yeah. But she's always listening as well. So tune in this fall. We will have total trial coverage. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want to see what happens in this. If there is a trial, there is still time he could plead out. But as of right now, there will be a trial. Oh, yeah, I would hope so. I don't think he would just all of a sudden like plead. I don't think. Yeah. Where's he where's he being held? I think he's up north. Up north? Yeah. Okay. Is it Latah County? Is that where that is? I have no idea. I didn't idea. go to school here. I don't know my counties. I don't either. Well, we can ask our youngest. He probably knows all of them. I'm just going to go with Latah. Sure, Latah. And if it's wrong, then let us know. It rhymes with Utah. <laughs> Near yeah, okay. Um, if if we're wrong, if we're saying that wrong, would you please email us at popcrime at yahoo.com? I think we're saying it right. I just don't know if that's the county he's being held at. Okay. But please let us know if you have any connection to Brian Koberger or the U of I murders. We have had a couple friends say like, oh, I work with people who is a, who's, you know, associated with one of the roommates of the surviving roommates. But yeah, let us know if you have any additional information. It would be very good to know. And we can make a TikTok on it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you later.